TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Thank you very much, Mr. Announcer Man, and welcome to the Two Guys and a Mike Show on your 24-7 internet highway called thetalkzone.com, your place for all of your favorite talk shows, music, and more, talkzone.com. This particular hour is given two sports and more with the coach and the big dog. That's what we'll do right up until 11 o'clock, actually. We'll do it up until 10, 57, and 45 seconds when... Either producer David Olson or engineer Randy Myers will shut down our show in not too courteous fashion, quite frankly, but that's what they allow us here. And, of course, you can enjoy the award-winning TalkZone.com music. Goodness, very hard, big dog, very hard to do the promo of the show when I'm looking up at the screen and watching a Serena Williams, a Lena, and a Maria Sharapova. I got um, a little bit distracted during that opening. I apologize. How are you, my friend? And uh, everything good with you, I hope. I'm doing pretty good. And now I'm watching a Kamiko. A who? A Kamiko. God bless you. And she's dating a crumb. A Kamiko. I had that once. If you put a little ointment on it and the humid weather comes, it'll go away. Don't worry about that. You should be fine in a couple days. Oh, really? (laughs) Oh, God. Goodness, I know you're excited about the Wimbledon tennis, big doll. We got Cubs, Sox, City Series, a couple of walk-off home runs in our baseball round them up, wrap them up, and the NBA draft, 24 hours away. I'm very excited about uh, some more white European stiff players about to be drafted in the NBA. Yeah, but they're very skilled, Coach. Actually, they are. Actually, they are. Let me throw a couple names at you, big dog. I know you've done your research uh, Give me a quick scouting report on Jonas Valencianos, 6'11", from Lithuania. Now, Coach, uh, he, he's good along the perimeter, okay? He's got good feet, okay, and he runs pretty good for a big man, and, and he can pass and dribble off for a big man, but he's not really physical down low. They, <laughs> Thank you, Ron Santo. They compare him to Zidranus Ilgaskis. I hope that's in game and not in look, if you know what I mean. That everything I just said was absolutely wrong. If you just compared him to Ildranus Ilgowskis. There you go. What about uh, Jan Vesely from the Czech Republic? 6'11", 230, and he can drill the three-pointer, big dog. He's a potential top 10 pick. Yeah, it, uh, I mean, is he from Slovakia or the Czech Republic? Um, because i got to tell you, that, that there'll be a lot of angst in this house if he's from Slovakia and not the Czech Republic. He's a rangy defender, so uh, with defense's specialty, I'm going to assume he's from the Czech Republic. I was going to go Slovakia. But okay. That's... All right. What about, uh, here? now here's your name. You ready for this one? Another potential top ten pick, Bismarck Biombo. I draft yeah. that guy on name alone. He's from the Congo, and he is 6'9", 243 pounds, and Big Dog, you go up for a shot, he will smack that ball right back in your face. His name is Bismarck Palumbo. 6'9", 243, and his name is Bismarck Palumbo. He should be Julius Peppers' backup. <laughs> that guy should be playing defensive end for the Bears. Hey, that, hey, 
I'm not kidding. He sounds like a specimen. They liken him to uh, ex-Chicago Bull and ex-Great Detroit Piston Ben Wallace. He's that kind of player. Mean, lean, and a blocking machine. And rebounder, and which means that he's going to shoot 37% from the field and uh, 34 from the line. There you go. How about Nikolai Vucevic? Nikolai Vucevic, 260-pound Yugoslavian. I, you know, I, I haven't seen any of these names, Coach, but I, I, you pronouncing it, I bet you his name is Vucevic, but that's just me. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably it's right. There was a Vucevic that played it. Wasn't there a Northwestern kid, uh, Vidron Vucevic? You know, you know, Coach, you, uh, you're you looking at the names. I'm yeah. hearing you saying them, and I have a better chance of saying them, pronouncing them right. Yeah, you're probably right. You are probably right. My uh, pronunciation ability and guess on pronunciation is uh, you are quite right. Wrong more often than right. And you're a PA announcer at that's one of your part-time jobs. Well, what a PA announcer, I usually get it right. I usually get it right. When I, when I talk to coaches and they start to give me the spelling, I interrupt them, try to be as nice as possible. I don't care how the kid's name is spelled. Just give it to me phonetically. Did I did I pronounce phonetically right, by the way? No, that's, it's funny you said that, that that's, that's the key, isn't it? <laughs> but no, that really is the key. Is like, you know, like that's when, when I started doing the, the color for football games, I yep. realized I could care less. You know, I was up there to pronounce it right. Yeah. It's all about fanatics, Big Doug. No question about it. Uh, 888-463-6748. If you are into fanatics or, uh, any other options, you, uh, can certainly give us a call. 888-463-6748. The phone number, Big Dog and a coach at your service dog. Real quick before getting into sports, I got to mention, uh, the storms last night. I don't know how hard it hit Aurora, but I am telling you, driving to the findtalkzone.com offices here this morning, only about a, 15-minute drive for me, it looked like I was driving through a war zone. Trees, trees definitely battled weather last night, and weather defeated the trees. Wow, so uh, Morton Grove got hit pretty hard yesterday. Hard. Hard. I mean, uh, the electricity was out, but, I mean, there was some significant uh, branchage down and a couple of trees, like, just split. It was uh, an interesting Interesting drive through the community. But but out in Aurora, you did not get hit? No, no, we got hit not as hard as it was predicted, Coach, because, I mean, the, the, the weather.com was, it basically said, get in the house now. Mm-hmm. Weather.com was talking about it. I'm not kidding you. You know, and my, my girlfriend, who's always like, I don't want bad weather, and I'm text messenger, we're having, supposed to have really severe storms. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, well, you don't want me to come out there? Okay, so as she's saying this, I'm like, all right, whatever, fine. I was like, then come out here. Well, we we go out. We go to that Shinto place last night, and while we're in Shinto, the storm starts, and their outside patio furniture and tents uh, pick up and smash into the front of Shinto. Wow! Into their windows. Wow! Like, there was a girl that like screamed. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Looked at her like, oh, there wasn't supposed to be a storm tonight. <laughs> Good stuff, Coach. I, I had a pretty interesting night at, at, at the Shinto. You know, last last week we picked up some chicks and. Uh, my girlfriend and I, we went salsa dancing with him. Yeah, okay. I remember I remember that scintillating story. Well, yesterday, the couple next to us got engaged. What? Yeah, I'm not kidding. We're sitting there, blah, blah, blah. And I said, I know. She's tapping me on the shoulder. And she's like, oh, she's asking her to marry him. <laughs> I'm not kidding you, Coach. <laughs> think about this. Think, think about this. I barely know these people, obviously. They just started sitting next to me at this hibachi grill, right? Okay. Yep. He asked. 
starts asking her to marry her. I go and grab her camera. The woman I don't even know was sitting there. I just pick it up and start taking pictures. Did you did you hear the proposal or you were told? My girlfriend is starts tapping me. And she's like, look, 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 and I was like, oh, 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 that's the. Uh, and next thing I just start snapping pictures. Yeah. How and, cool is that? How cool is that? Well, you know, everybody's friends. It. She's like, I was like. Why is he taking my camera? And then I turn around and look at my boyfriend's got the down at the knee. She's like, thank you so much for taking it. And I take the pictures. So that was, I have no idea, Coach. In the spur of the moment, I would have to say that was one of the, the quickest thinking things I've done. I'm, I fully expect you after that to be uh, invited to their wedding about, you know, four or five months down the road. He didn't even give me a glass of the champagne when oh, I got come the on. bottle. Come I, I was even the one who told Shinto. I was like, hey, he just proposed to her. And they go out and get the, the finest bottle of champagne. They can't even give me a glass of it. I was like, come on. <laughs> no respect. No respect, big dog. And you were there truly for the sperm of the moment, too. Uh, eight, 888-463-6748. Big dog, I want to go out to the phone lines. Callers checking in. I will leave it up to you as I am wont to do. You make the call here. I'm just the general manager. You're the on-field decision maker. We can go out to line one, three, five, seven, or nine for some odd, weird reason. Odd numbers are lit up today. Yeah, I'm going with uh, any of the prime numbers, and that's so I'll go with the three, coach. All right, out to line three we go, and it's caller Rob checking in in Aurora. Rob, how are you? I'm doing good. I feel a little bit bad for the callers on line five, seven, and nine who have to hold, but Rob, glad to have you aboard, my friend. Hey, three is my lucky number, so there you go. What's up, Rob? Uh, nothing. I uh, I actually just met the uh, the other gentleman on the phone line at Shinto yesterday, and really? uh, you know he told me he gave me the number to call in and talk sports. So you know he's a very interesting character, and I had a good time talking to him. Figured I would uh, shoot him a call today and continue Beautiful. our conversation. So caller Rob, a first time jumper on the uh, the very very open bandwagon of the two guys in a mic show. We appreciate that, Rob. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have uh, never heard of it before, so I'm very glad to be a part of it. Excellent. Well, I, I, I gotta tell you something. We got, we have a good listener here, Coach. Because quite honestly, he's dating up, and these are the type of guys that I want to be associated <laughs> with. Okay, <laughs> he, he was he totally outkicked his coverage girl he was with last night, Coach. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Okay, well, I was just I just throwing it out there. So, but, so uh, we are the sports talk show for pe- for guys that are dating up, huh? Yeah, yeah. Right. I was told <laughs> once that I only had one way to go. Exactly. He can't go down. Got to go up. <laughs> I think I think they were alluding to the fact in my case I had no choice. But <laughs> at any rate, did you watch uh, the city series, the Cubs versus the Sox, Rob? And if so, who are you rooting for? Oh, I, I'm a South Sider, true and true. So I'm I'm from uh, Cicero, Illinois. Beautiful. And uh, you know I'm, I'm glad that the series is back tied at one and one. So mm-hmm. I would definitely want to see tonight. Uh, you know the Sox pull ahead. So oh, you're from Cicero. Yes, I am. Did you go to what, what high school? Did you go to Burt? Uh, what is that? Uh, Morton, Morton West. I went oh. to Morton West, right there on Harlem Ave in Twenty Sixth Street. Now you're a lot tougher than I give you credit for. To be quite honest with you, if you were able to get out of Morton High School, hey, no, honestly, you have no idea. I'm I'm red hair. I'm a white kid coming out of Cicero, so it, I had it that's, three times as hard. <laughs> that's exactly what I was saying, Coach. Yeah, Morton High School. All I can say is their football and their swim team aren't very good. Is, is that the best way for me to? <laughs> What type of hey, is. Uh, that's why I, that's why I golf. <laughs> now there, there's not a Morton West or Morton East anymore. It's just Morton High School, correct? No, there's still Morton East. Is there really? Because yeah, it's on Austin Boulevard. Maybe I'm confusing. There's a basketball team in the Chicago area, very good Morton High School. 
Is that well, our sports? Well, yes, exactly. Our sports are uh, they were uh, they put them together. So both schools. Oh, okay. Uh, it's not instead of two dif- being more. The high schools are separate, but the sports are together. Two different campuses, but the sports team is one. Yeah, their their hoops team is outstanding. You would have loved them last year, Big Dog. They had a kind of a Beach Boys surfer dude looking guy. His name was Jeff Jaros, and everybody was laughing about him during warmups. And the game would start. And the kid would come out and score 22 points a game. He was awesome. The team was very good. And I think he signed to play somewhere, Division three college hoops. But uh, well, I don't know about the their conference. Is, it's a pretty good conference out there. I mean, we're talking Proviso East, Downer South, Hinsdale South. That's. I mean, you got guys like, you know, I played against Steve Brown and Shannon Brown when they were at Proviso East. Wow. I mean. Oak so, Park in that conference, too? Oh, no, they're, uh, they're in the silver. Yeah, they're in the, they're they're in the gold. gold. We're okay. in the silver. Okay. <laughs> Very, very cool. All right, so call Rob, uh, a White Sox fan, true and true. I got to tell you, last night uh, I did get to see very much of the game. I got home, uh, got the game on tape as usual, big dog, and then I got my George Foreman grill, which I'm getting into more and more. I got my two turkey burgers cooking. I'm all set. The Sox-Cubs game I'm on my tape. It's about the third inning, all ready to sit down and enjoy the last six innings. At that point, the game is one nothing. All set, had the ketchup, mustard, and the onion literally ready to sit down with my nice red-hot turkey burgers, and uh, the windstorm came, the electricity goes out, and there goes the Cubs-Sox game. Yep. So I, I can't tell you a whole lot about it. I know the Sox won 3-2. Rob, did you make it through the hour and 44-minute delay? Uh, absolutely. I was at Shinto. You can't pass up some sushi and uh, some sake. Wow. So and you stayed for the hour. for the entire game. Well, yeah, I was actually out after uh, after Shinto. I actually went to the place that I I run myself, which is right down the street. So, well, put a, so what place do you run? Uh, Paulie's Pub and Grill. Oh, you work at Paulie's Pub and Grill. Now, I've heard a lot about Paulie's Pub and Grill, Coach. I want to have to actually <laughs> check it you out. You say now. that with you say that with such a negative tone. I don't like that. Oh no, no, <laughs> well, I'll have to go in there. I, I've never even been there, so I have to go. I, see, I'm a Chicagoan who has moved out to Aurora, so I need I need to find places to go. To be quite honest with you. Really? Yes, we have great Italian beef. Our Rubens are phenomenal. Uh, you know, it's actually for a pub and grill. We we have uh, above average food. I will say that. No, so we, no, we uh, homemade pizzas. So, you, you, now that's a bold statement saying your Ruben is phenomenal. I have searched the city of Chicago for the best Ruben. <laughs> if you get a good piece of corned beef and some Thousand Islands dressing and some, oh my goodness. And some See, what you got to do is we take the Thousand Island and the spiced mustard and then mix it together as one sauce. Coach, we got to go to Polly's Bar and Grill. It's, I, uh, we have a it's a corned beef brisket that we uh, that we broil for uh, four hours, so it's it's, it's a phenomenal corned beef. I ooh. suggest coming in and trying it. Now, when when do you guys open up? Because I might be on my way as we speak. <laughs> uh, we open uh, actually. I'm sitting in the office now. We open in an hour. So uh, where, where are you guys located? Uh, the corner of New York and Eola, right across from McDonald's. It's in the Oakhurst Center strip mall. Can't miss oh, a huge patio outside. So, Big okay. Dog will be on his bicycle about uh, 10.58, 30 seconds after this show is done. Yeah. Oh, goodness. All right, hey, real quick, uh, Rob, uh, the Sox game last night, they pull it out 3-2. to two. Uh, Canerco hits a home run. They get good bullpen relief. Right? Burley was very good. After the hour and 44-minute rain delay, I was done and gone and in bed at that point. I had nothing else to do. But apparently, uh, bullpen pretty good, right? Jesse Crane, Sergio Santos shut down. Did the Cubs threaten in the eighth or ninth inning? Uh, you know, they definitely had a couple of opportunities, but it was, uh, you know, it wasn't anything too scary. 
you know, the one thing that I like about that you said with Canerco, I mean, what is that, five games in a row now that he's at home? Wow. You know, the sad um, thing know. is, and Big Dog, you and me are guilty of it. I, I've had this in my notes the last couple of days. We talk about so many things with the baseball teams, the Sox and Cubs, and you you tend to sometimes make the mistake of taking greatness for granted. Yeah, especially consistently. Yes. Being great. And Paul Canerco is that, and we don't mention him enough, but the guy, uh, even before this recent streak, he's been great or really, really good from the start of the season till now, and the key word you had there is consistent. You know, right now at this point, he is either first or second in all Triple Crown categories in the American League. Wow. That's a, that's a bold statement right there, okay? So that that's a phenomenon. I mean, even Adrian Gonzalez isn't doing that right now, even though Gonzalez is first and second in, in RBIs and, and batting average. Uh, so he's having a great, you know, thing, but a lot of people have been talking recently, is Paul Konerko Hall of Fame worthy? Because Ozzie Guillen says he is, you know, and even Paul Konerko is like, hey, I'm a, I'm a, a fan of the game and, and mm-hmm. I'm not Hall of Fame worthy. But if you think about it, his numbers compared to other numbers during this time, okay, yes, they're maybe not Hall of Fame worthy. But his numbers versus guys that we know did steroids or didn't do steroids, all of a sudden his numbers look pretty dang good compared. So, Absolutely. His numbers, are, his numbers are phenomenal, but he's he's fighting that battle of superstardom. You know, he's right below it. Yep. He's the, at the like the very top of the list of just, you know, no-name guys that – that throw up huge numbers and, you know, do things for their team that superstar guys can't do. A-Rod can't do the things that, that Canerco is doing for his team right now. And, unfortunately, A-Rod's going into the, the Hall of Fame, and I don't think Canerco will. And okay, it's, it's well, sad to say that a guy coming out of what, I think he came out of the Twins organization, you know, several, several years ago, and hasn't really, you know, he's a name that, I guess, if you go to the West Coast, you know, people, if you say Paul Canerco, they might not know exactly who he is. They played for the Dodgers for uh that's the Sox got him from the Dodgers. He was a pretty good player there. And the but Dodgers the, got him from the Reds. Okay. Oh, so that's right. Maybe even the Reds got him from the Twins. But yeah, he in the beginning of his career, he kept getting traded. Like every year, he got he got traded, and he started yeah. out as a catcher. Yeah, I, I would have said Hall of Fame. You know, no, you know, good ball player, not quite Hall of Fame. But I'll tell you, after the way he's playing this year, you put it, you know one more year, maybe two more years, and you know what? I, even though you don't consider him, quote-unquote, the superstar, another year or two like he's doing now, call a Robin, I think he might be Hall of Fame material, which is uh, pretty good stuff. He has a chance at 500 home runs, guys, and he can hit 500 home runs and still be like a 285 hitter mm-hmm. for a career. Yeah. You know, you get into the Hall of Fame unless you swear in front of Congress you never did steroids and they get busted for steroids a month later, later at Rafael Palmeiro. You know, I mean, you get into the Hall of Fame with numbers like that. Yeah, if Conurco's taking steroids, he got a bad batch. That is for sure. I hate to tell you, Ryan, I'm a White Sox fan, but when the two teams meet, I do root for the Cubs. I'm one of those weird people that root for Cubs and Sox. This year's Cubs team, despite the fact they're losing, I really enjoy watching them. I'm rooting for the Cubs. After today, I'll go back rooting for the White Sox. Uh, But we got another series coming up, what, in about two weeks? Uh, Yeah, they play them pretty soon. They they, they play them pretty soon back-to-back. Interleague play is done by the middle of July, so... What about only uh, 35,000 people last night? Are you a little surprised that the City Series, for really the first time I can remember, not selling out? Well, don't forget, both these teams a little disappointed. Last night's weather was supposed to be horrible, and everybody knew about it all day long. And, and secondly, the, the game on Monday didn't sell out, and people just don't have $150 to spend at yeah. will like they used to a couple yeah. of years ago. So For a chance to watch a Jeff Baker? 
possibly a Lou Montanez, Rome left field. Come on. Money is no object, big dog. Hey, but, How do you guys feel about Reed Johnson coming back? I love Reed Johnson. I do. I, I like him. You know, if he's your fourth or fifth outfielder, I think he's if, starting. I don't know if that's the best spot, but coming off the bench as a spark plug and a fill-in, I, I, I always I enjoyed watching him play. I'd rather see him in the game than Alfonso Soriano. Right now, the Cubs have four really good fourth and fifth outfielders in Kosuke Fukudomic, Tyler Colvin, Tony Campana, and uh, and Reed Johnson. The Do we... they don't they don't have any uh, <laughs> starting outfielders. That's the issue with the Cubs right now. Uh, that's that's put very well. Hey, Rob, before we let you go again, I didn't see it because electricity went out, but apparently when the uh, the ground crew went to put the tarp on in the windstorm, in between drinks at uh, whatever bar you guys were at, did you, did you catch a glimpse of the ground crew battling the wind and trying to get the tarp on? Unfortunately, no, because both bars I was at had direct TV, and it, it was, uh, the signal was out. Oh. <laughs> it, oh. it froze. It just froze there. So I was like, yeah, yeah, it, fro- it froze at Paulie's as well. So whenever the, the weather's bad, it, it, uh, it bad. definitely shakes up. So uh, yeah, apparently, if anybody was there in person and saw it, apparently it was uh, part tragic, part comical. Big dog, they got the job done, but it was not easy. You can imagine with uh, the wind blowing and and the tarp uh, getting fairly heavy. I think a couple of ground crew guys got taken, got lifted into the air a little bit. But if anyone was yeah, there and uh, actually saw that in person, eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight Paulie's. For the best Reuben sandwiches, great food, great pub, give us the location one more time, Rob. 444 North Eola Road on the, the corner of New York and Eola Road in Aurora. Beautiful. Big Dog, what time are we meeting? Uh, Coach, I can I can make it there by noon, no problem. I got appointments, but they're about to be canceled. I'll see you at 12 o'clock. It sounds That's good, Coach. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be behind the bar for you. Beautiful. Rob, great talking. You don't be a stranger to the show, okay? Absolutely not. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you. Yeah, Caller Rob checking in. Big dog doing a little spreading the truth last night at uh, Shinto's, huh? Yeah, well, I, I do my best to, to, to spread the truth. I, I usually do, Coach, but typically, you know what I mean? It, normally, like the guys will call me. The girls don't call me. That's, that's the issue. So, mm-hmm. But uh, he did. I'll kick his coverage. I, uh, he, he's getting it done over there. Okay. <laughs> he's a very charming individual, that Rob. So. Yeah, great to have him on board. Uh, always appreciate all new listeners out here, and uh, you want to jump on board. We are more than welcome to have you, the big dog and the coach, floating the boat out here. And uh, speaking of floating the boat, have you done any tours this week? Uh, well, I did them this weekend. You know, and I'm not okay. doing more tours this uh, this week coming up. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to go into Paulie's to see if I can get a job. That's exactly what I'm going to do in the in the afternoon. Coach. That's a good call. Yeah, during a week. I was. I had that in the back of my mind. I almost brought that up during conversation, but uh, it's a good call. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a bike ride distance away. Yep. You know, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. They got the best Rubens in the place. Yeah, and nobody can throw a customer out of a bar and make that customer want to come back more, and it felt like it was their fault more than I could. <laughs> coach. That's an art. That's an art to actually kick somebody out and to still have them want to come back later on. That. Is it a physical and social art form? Yeah, like, I don't know how many times I've actually physically had to, we call it, take somebody off the premises, sometimes yep. get a little too physical with them, not like beating them up, obviously. And then, like, oh, I'm really sorry, Joel, I was trying to lie. You know, I mean, that's good <laughs> when you can get somebody to do that. So, <laughs> Like I said, an art form, Big Doug. Well, good luck on that. Uh, let's see, anything else on Sox Cub game? We got game three tonight, 7-10. Doug Davis taking on Jake Peavy. 
the rubber game of the series. Jake Peavy's been out for, what would you say, about three weeks, making his first appearance back after his most recent injury. And and don't do what you always do when you ask me what's going to happen with Jake Peavy, because I don't know. Okay, as long as his shoulder doesn't hurt, he's one of the top 20 pitchers in the game of baseball. The problem is by the middle of the third inning, his shoulder's going to start hurting, Coach. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just one of those things where I don't, I don't know if he'll ever be normal again. You know, maybe he will, but maybe it's like Terry Wood, where he just has flashes of greatness, but you definitely can't expect a full season of him being a starting pitcher again. You know, that's Jake Peavy, they need to put him in the bullpen. We're trying to make him a starter. This is a guy that's going to have to, if you want him to pitch major league ball, he won't be able to pitch more than two innings at a time. Mm-hmm. So you don't, a guy with a bad arm, you can't expect him to go out there to give you five, six, seven innings. You, know, you, you got to expect, trust me, if you're going with a six-man rotation, your starters have to go deep because you have one less reliever. So you really you can't afford to have a guy going out and giving you two innings because you know his arm wasn't ready. They've this, talked about it. They've talked. Uh, Jake Peavy himself came out and said, uh, at least publicly, he said he'd be willing to give it a shot. So that that may happen. It was the best thing that could happen to John Smoltz, to Kerry Wood. When they came back after these really, really bad injuries, yep. you know, John Smoltz, you know, he's like, well, he's like, I know I might have to pitch three times in a week, but I'll be throwing one inning as opposed to throwing one time in a week and throwing seven and 120 pitches. Because, you know, those pitchers' arms don't get tired after throwing 15 pitches. They can do it every single day. Mm-hmm. Really, they can. But the, the issue is when you start throwing 50 and 80 and 100, that's when your body starts getting exhausted and tired. And that's when you get hurt. And so... I, I've always been of the cautionary tale. Work a guy back through the bullpen, especially when you already have five starters who are looking good. John Danks is back, Coach. Yep. So Not sure he went anywhere, to be honest with you. He went 0-8 with an ERA over five, and we know he wasn't pitching all that well. But, let's you know, I mean, he wasn't pitching all that bad, but Uh he wasn't exactly pitching well either. Moving over to the Cubs hitting woes, Big Dog, do you remember early in the season, The guy, and it's not one that you commonly think of, but the guy I said I thought was the key to the Chicago Cub offense this year. I don't remember you saying that, Coach. Which particular guy? The guy I said, and and the more I watch him play, I continue to say that very few people talk about him. It's the catcher, Giovanni Soto, who had three more strikeouts yesterday. And his at-bat in the ninth inning off of Sergio Santos was ridiculous. Didn't see it. Bad. Didn't see it. uh, Swinging at bad pitches? Yes, uh, and quite honestly, and not only if Pena did it and Soto did it in the last inning, both of them did this, looked at a pitch right down the middle and then swung at two pitches in the dirt for three-pitch strikeout. Mm-hmm. The Carlos Pena one, I was like, you just saw Giovanni Soto do it. Why? I mean, the, the Pena one, I screamed when he saw the ball right down the middle. Because if he would have swung, I swear he'd have tied the ball game, Coach. Mm-hmm. It was thigh-high. <laughs> it hit the catcher right in the face mask is where the ball went. And uh, I don't know. It just right. And then the next two pitches were in the dirt. He swings at him the game over, and so it looked even worse than his yeah, at-bat. I so. continue to say he is the single, and very few people talk about it, but if you can get some uh, you know, some solid production from your catcher, Giovanni Soto, and I like the guy. I like his leadership, like his personality, obviously like his defense, but, man. And when he came up with the Cubs, he looked like he was going to be. That 270, 280 guy, you know, hit 75, 80 RBIs, 15 to 20 home run. If they could get that out of Geo, that would be a big boost to the Cubs lineup, Big Dog. But he's been in uh, pretty much a two and a half year slump. 
Yeah, you know the you no. Know, he had a pretty decent year last year, Coach. Yeah, went under the radar. I thought he had a pretty good rebound season, and we thought we were gonna, he was back. But yeah, he's bad again. Mm-hmm. Bad offensively. All right, final know, final comment, real quick. Cubs Sox series, and this is uh, pretty amazing. I think I got the stat right. And the rubber game tonight, so we'll see if the streak continues. But the White Sox, big dog, correct me if I'm wrong, have won 16 consecutive interleague series. That might be right. They're the they're the second best team in the history of interleague baseball. And the last couple of years, the White Sox have just dominated interleague baseball. And just wondering, did Burley get the win last night? I don't. Was he still in when Morrill hit? Though he couldn't have been because nope. the, the, the yeah, because the game was the game was tied two to two. Brett Morrill hit the sack fly, so it might have been Jesse Crane getting the win. Um. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it would have been him because I don't think Burley came back after the rain delay. No, he did not. So, but yeah, Burley has the most wins of any pitcher in the history of baseball in interleague play. Mm-hmm. White Sox have, and the last couple of years, I, I'm pretty sure it was last year we were doing uh, Black and Blue City, but they went like 16 and two during interleague play recently in one of the most recent years, and all their losses were the, to the Cubs. I mean, that's amazing. Play. 16 consecutive series wins. If you figure each series to be, you know, 50 50 chance, if you do, it's not like the Sox have been this dominant team, so it's. It's not that far from 50-50 to win 16 in a row. 2, 4, 8, 16, 32, 64, 128, 256, 5, 12, 1,000, 24, 2,000, 4,000, 8,000. I mean, you're getting into like one out of like 40,000 possibility. Yeah, for them to win 16 series if, in a row. Yeah, so I, I thought that stat was particularly amazing. But at any rate, we'll find out tonight if they can uh, – Make it 17 in a row or not. Cubs versus Sox, 7-10. Other baseball action real quick. we got other stories to get to. And, again, listeners out there, you want to check in. Rob from Aurora did it. You can do it, too, at 888-463-6748. You don't even have to have a pup. Even if you don't own a bar, you can give us a call. No problem at all. Uh, a couple of walk-off homers last night to talk about. Big Dog, how about the Washington Nationals? Beating the Mariners 6-5. to They've won 10 out of 11, score 5 runs in the ninth inning. There's a team right now with some serious mojo going. Yeah, they they really do, Coach. They're playing absolutely phenomenal uh, recently, especially when you consider the early season struggles. Mm-hmm. Now, did you see how they started the game last night? I did not. Eight players? Okay. Eight consecutive hits. Wow. And it went single, double, single, double, single, double, single, double, and then the pitcher bunted. Wow. That's the first time ever, and that's not the first time ever, because that's the third time in the history of baseball the first eight players got hit to start a game. That's amazing. The the league started in 1876, people. Third time in the history of the game, eight consecutive hits. To start the game off. Wow. That's only the third time that's ever happened. So whenever you say that about baseball, you did wow, what happened? And the fact that no one's ever started single-double, single-double, single-double. How how many runs did they get in that first inning? Eight. All eight of those guys scored. Wait a minute. What team are we talking about? The Twins versus the Giants. Oh, the Twins game. Okay. I thought we were still on the Nationals. I'm sorry. Oh, my fault, Coach. My fault. Oh, t- t- I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. But I was talking the the Twins, but that's what happened in their game. Now, the the National game, my fault. And they've really totally turned it around. Yeah. The biggest reason for them to turn it around is uh, pitchers like their young kid, Jordan Zimmerman, who's just been phenomenal uh, so far this season, have been really good. And Michael Morse. Who the heck is this kid, Coach? The last... Six weeks of the season, he has been the MVP of the National League. Nobody has been better than him the last six weeks. And I don't even know who he is. Michael Moore? 
Morse, M-O-R-S-E. And over the last six weeks, he leads the National League in hits, home runs, and RBIs. Tremendous, tremendous player. I've always appreciated the skill level of Michael Morse. Truly, one of the up-and-coming youngsters in the game. What position does he play? Uh, he's a first base coach. Danny Espinoza, Ian Desmond, the, mm-hmm. the Nationals, whole, the best thing they ever did was get rid of old people. They were like, you know what, we're sick of all these. Adam Dunn, $18 million a year, all he does is, is drive in 79 runs a year for $18 million. It's really not worth it. Interesting. Because if you, you know think what? about it, they're a streak. Now, David Olson, pay attention here. They, under the motto, get rid of old people. They've won 10 of their last 11. Their winning streak pretty much started. David knows where I'm going with this. Upon the death of Dr. Jack Kervokian. So maybe the get rid of old people theme, uh, you know, in conjunction with maybe Dr. Jack is up there looking over the Nationals, big dog. It's possible. Not a bad, not a bad guess, Coach. It's possible. Let, and let, don't forget, Ryan Zimmerman is back for him, too, who is the, the best third baseman in the National League. Never heard of him. Okay, that's you should. <laughs> I'm kidding. I wasn't kidding about Michael Morse, but I am kidding about Ryan Zimmerman. If you think about the Nationals, coach, you know we've, you know, obviously you and I are smart enough to realize that, so you know there are some teams that can have a great baseball season without winning the World Series. I mean, you and I get that. You yep. know what I mean? Like the Royals. You know what? The Royals aren't too far away from winning a World Series if you consider how many young players they have. I, it's not unfathomable if you told me that the Royals can make the playoffs like three years in a row starting like next year because they have so many young players. Everyone's talking about them. The whole every, You ask any baseball writer, wow, the Royals are loaded. What about the Nationals, coach? Think about how many young players the Nationals Yeah, and have. don't forget they have uh, waiting in the wings, hopefully. Hopefully a soon-to-be healthy superstar pitcher in Steven Strasburg. Not hopefully. He is a superstar pitcher. It's whether or not that well, you know he could yeah. rebound. Yeah, the hopefully was based on injury. Yeah, absolutely. And this kid, Bryce Harper. You know, I don't know if you know about the controversy with Bryce Harper. Yeah. They made a big deal about the fact that recently, on the, after hitting a home run, he blew a kiss to the pitcher, right? Yep. Well, um, every, all these people, oh, Bryce Harper, he's, he, he needs, he's a number one pick and he needs to learn a lesson. What a cocky kid, blah, blah, blah. You know what the story ends up coming out? That, uh, that, uh, the kid threw at Bryce Harper in the first at bat. Okay. And, and Bryce Harper's like, you better be careful. And he's like, shut up and, uh, you know, whatever. And then the guy before Bryce Harper, he totally drills, drilled him. And when the, like, uh, somebody started yelling at him, he's like, the next one's going in your ear. And then he comes up, hits a home run off the kid, blows a kiss to the guy when he touches home plate. And everyone's mad at Bryce Harper. I'm the only guy. I'm stepping up right now. Bryce Harper, that a boy. Okay, you you blew, you hit a home run off him and taunted him while he's throwing uh, baseballs in people's ears. Who's right or wrong in this situation? Yeah, I'm usually not a fan. I'm a big fan of celebrations and you know emotional. It's nice and subtle, coach. You just blew a kiss to him. Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, typically, I don't like guys taunting after they've done something. But you are correct. There may be an exception for when a uh, baseball is being thrown at your head at 89 miles an hour. Yeah, you know, isn't it funny? It's like for two days after the reaction was, oh, this Bryce Harper needs to learn a lesson. He needs to be taught a lesson. Then you find out later, wow, uh, maybe we needed to find out more about this situation. What is the kid's reputation back in his college days, number one draft choice? I think he jumped right from, was he from high school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coach, let's to the pros? straight. Let's, let's get to straight. When he was drafted, yeah. he should have been a senior in high school. Okay. He graduated high school in two years. 
And when he was a junior, supposed to be a junior in high school, he was the best college player at his level in the country. So he actually played college ball? He played college ball, and he, but he went to junior college, so that way he didn't go to a Division One school so uh-huh. he could leave whenever he wanted to. So he played two years at this at a junior college when he should have been a junior and senior in high school. So when people are like, well, it's a junior college. Yeah, but he was 16 and 17, and he was hitting 780. And I'm not kidding, Coach. He hit over 700 as a 16 and 17-year-old against 18 to 22-year-olds. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, and his reputation so far has been wise beyond his years and says everything exactly okay. right. So this Whether this was an exception. It's not like he's had a lot of incidents in the past. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And 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 but like when somebody when you say everything exactly right, that doesn't mean anything to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because like LeBron James just puts his foot in his mouth over and over and over, and now he looks like a, a douchebag, even though. I don't think LeBron James is a bad guy. He's just a guy that doesn't realize how powerful words can be. And in this media, how if you say just simple stuff like, yeah, you can hate me, but, you know, you will have your own problems. And mean it innocently, it comes off like, I'm better than you. Mm -hmm. Well, when I've heard this guy speak, Coach, he does all the simple things. I know I have to go through the system. I have to work on these things. Uh, You know, he he says everything technically right. Jalen Rose does that too, but Jalen Rose never plays like that. <laughs> you know? That was an interesting quantum leap from Bryce Harper, very smooth, by the way, into uh, ex-Chicago Bull NBA player Jalen Rose, who you're exactly right, by the way, yeah, who could remember? smooth talk and say the right things, then you watch him on the court, complete opposite. Yeah, well, pass the ball, Jalen, pass. Yep. Yeah, Mushin Muhammad, we've got to stick here as the Chicago Bears, whatever it takes to win. I don't care if I have no catches, as long as we're doing what it takes to win, that's all that matters. Yep. Uh, Mushin Muhammad on Monday. Why would I get the ball? Why would I get the ball? <laughs> Shut up, okay? You, you. Uh, well, I shouldn't say on Monday because he was. You put a microphone in front of his face, and if you, if there's like now we did the old coach speak. Whatever you're supposed to say that is politically correct as an athlete, Mushin Muhammad says it perfectly. Mm-hmm. And then he's out on the field and he's screaming at Rex Grossman instead of going and tackling the guy who he should have broke the ball up to. Palpitated. <laughs> when you know when I think about that. The Bears, everybody blames Rex Grossman for the Super Bowl loss in uh, against the Colts. And all I remember is this. He threw a ball that uh, Calvin Hayden intercepted, and all Mushin Muhammad had to do was try to catch the football, mm-hmm. and there wouldn't have been an interception. And, by the way, after the interception, if Mushin Muhammad doesn't throw his arms up and start screaming at Rex Grossman, he might have been able to make the tackle on the guy who returned it for a touchdown against the Bears. Oh, but that was Rex Grossman's fault, by the way. And, by the way, you know I hate Rex Grossman, but... When I think of smooth-talking athletes, I always think, yeah, whatever. Coach, it doesn't matter what you say, it's what you do, isn't it? Uh, that is correct. Actions speak louder than words, no question about it. For what it's worth, by the way, I never blamed Rex Grossman, even though I didn't like him either for that uh, Super Bowl game loss. I blamed the defense and the lack of adjustments as we watched, oh, yeah. who was it, Joseph Adu? The Joseph Adai and Dominic Rhodes yeah. combined for 18 receptions. We played the most vanilla, most... Uh, uh, unaggressive and, and, and never made any adjustments. I thought the defense cost us the game. It's a long time ago, but in my memory, that to me is the one that sticks out as the, as the, the biggest factor in the game. I mean, you know, after after the 17th catch by a running back out of yep. the backfield coach, yep. I would say, hey, why don't we call a huggy? Mm-hmm. Hey, they're going to sneak out. What I want you to do is act like your pass rush and find the running yeah. back, 
lay in the weeds, and as soon as the ball's thrown, break on it, and you'll catch it, and you'll, you'll intercept the pass. No, 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 no. Let him catch it, and, and Erlacher will make the tackle. You know, that, that's a great defense. It's, it's and that was part of where uh, Ron Rivera, who the defensive coordinator at the time, head coach Lovey Smith, got into a little bit of a conflict. If memory serves me correct, mm-hmm. Rivera would have liked to play a little bit more aggressively. Lovey was more to that sit-back and the cover, too. And if you remember, not too far after that Super Bowl game, Ron Rivera's bags were packed. Lovey Smith said, I'm getting a new defensive coordinate. No, no, Coach, you know I don't like when people dictate stuff. You need to dictate stuff yourself if you want to be great. Now, I would understand them playing that style of defense, even though I still would have wanted the adjustments, like you're right. I understand that style of defense. If you have an offense that you know is going to put up all kinds of points, you're playing uh, Peyton Manning, okay, let Peyton Manning have to kill you slowly while you're rolling up points. The problem was that offense didn't roll up points, so you had to stop Peyton Manning. It wasn't like you had to slow him down. You had to stop him. It's one of the worst defensive philosophies uh, during any Super Bowl ever, <laughs> ever. If you, if you look back at all the defensive schemes during a Super Bowl, the Bears' defensive scheme in that game may have been the worst yep. of all time. Yep. That's that's what I remember more than Rex Grossman throwing a couple of interceptions. You, you know what the sad thing is? Brian Urlacher played one of his greatest games because – he made every one of those tackles on those 18 receptions. The problem was, that was on first down, and that was second and one. That was yep. a nine-yard gain. Mm-hmm. Great play, Brian Erlacher. You made a tackle in the middle of the field, but it's too bad the Bears haven't adjusted, and all Peyton Manning does is drop back, look downfield, <laughs> look downfield, look downfield. Okay, I'm going to drop it up to the running back. Ah, I get the nice feel we opened up an old wound. The big dog on a roll here, be it Bryce Harper or Chicago Bear football. We got the dog going today. It's good stuff. Good stuff, Big Dog. Hey, real quick, finishing up the baseball, round them up and wrap them up. Uh, let's quickly mention the Oakland A's. They've won six in a row. I was the first to tell you the manager and move of Bob Melvin, good guy, positive guy, encourager, uh, is going to make a difference with the Oakland A's. You've said Oakland's a pretty tough team all season long, mm-hmm. but they win yesterday, seven to three, six game winning streak for your Oakland A. And coach, they've got a really good pitching staff all the way from starters to middle relief to uh, the the closer now that Andrew Bailey is healthy for the for the A's, they've got extremely good outfield defense, decent uh, you know infield defense, a bunch of like a little bit of power. This is a team that could win the American League West, and mm-hmm. it, I, somebody I needs to win the American League West because right now nobody is taking control. No, Texas not, not. at times they show like it, and then they. Kind of go back to the pack, Seattle Mariners, for a brief moment in time. Hey, maybe Seattle's here. Nope, nope, not Seattle. Uh, and the Anaheim Angels have kind of been mired in mediocrity, so that that race is there for the taking. Do you think that the, the, the Angels are a, a little done, Coach? You know what I mean? Remember those years of you just assume you were, they were going to win 85 games no matter mm-hmm. what. They just they can go out there and first and third you for 85 wins, no problem, every season. I, I think that might be done. I don't know if they're, I would like to see who they're scouting and development people if they've lost them in the last couple of years because they're no longer producing, you know, a, a pitcher and a, a player every single year like they used to. Mm-hmm. Started it's off this year like it was going to be another one of those seasons, but they're mired in a little bit of a slump. But no, I, I don't think they're, uh, for all our Anaheim Angel fan listener, listeners out there, I would disagree with that. I think they, uh, they still got a chance to win that division, and I think Mike Sosa will keep them competitive. You know, it's funny though, because, uh, they used to develop players. There's starting pitching and really pitching up and down. They were going to get you middle infielders all day long, outfielders. And then they started going out and throwing money at Vladimir Guerrero and Tory Hunter and Gary Matthews. Think about all the money they spent, coach. Ever since they changed like their philosophy since Artie Moreno took over, mm-hmm. 
they are no longer legitimately. You got to think. I know. I know when you're talking about Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Chicago, it's always like, oh, we got to spend money to win. No, no, no. You spend money for the icing on the cake. You know what I mean, Coach? You you don't spend a lot of money to to build the place. To you know, you got to actually have the foundation before you put the fancy dressing on it. And mm-hmm. maybe the, the you know the Mariners try to do it, the Cubs try to do it, the Angels try to do it, and it totally destroyed their franchise and put them back some years. Think about if the Cubs could have the money back that they uh, spent on Milton Bradley and Alfonso Soriano mm-hmm. and Aramis Ramirez and, and Carlos Umbrano the last couple of years. Three teams, I completely agree with you, three teams that come to mind, see if you agree with me, one, two, three best examples of the approach you're talking about that just, boom, off the top of my head, St. Louis Cardinal, Atlanta Brave, Minnesota Twins. Wow. Yeah, it can't get any better than that. You know, and, and the Braves and the Cardinals, do it right because you know what? They build these great organizations. Oh, we need one player. Yep. Guess what? Because we we can develop our own middle relievers yeah. and fifth outfielders. Let's go and get a Matt Howard. Two or three stars. Mm-hmm. So we can afford to go out and get a superstar. And it, this guy doesn't have all the pressure in the world. He's just another piece of the pie. You know, when the Cubs throw $136 million on Alfonso Soriano's table, they said, you have to save the organization and the planet. And he says, I don't understand. That's good. You know, and he just goes out there and flails <laughs> around. So, I hear you. exactly right. I uh-huh. hear you, bro. All right, we got to get off baseball real quick. One hour show, limited in time. We got to bounce around real quick. By the way, a, a producer extraordinaire, David Olson, has returned to the seat. Big dog, you didn't see it earlier on, but Randy Myers, our uh, assistant producer, starting the show. David caught in the uh, rainstorm a little bit, trees down, and uh, you got the generator working at home, huh? Yeah, power's completely out. Has been since about <sighs> nine o'clock last night. Yeah. We as, lost a, it. as a matter of fact, everything, pretty much everything west of here is out. Mount Prospect, Des Plaines, Niles, mm-hmm. Park Ridge, Norridge, it's all out. Still out. Still out. How about driving around the, uh, the uh, when I drove from Glenview, the tree destruction was quite severe yeah, from yeah, your it direction? Pretty, it, yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, most of that stuff has been cleared off and everything, but uh, it was pretty nasty. I mean, it, was only, it only lasted about 10 minutes. Yeah, very it was, quick. It was... Because I stood in the front room, I, I like watched it go by. I mean, like odd colored lightning and everything like that. It was it was really surreal. Oh, I didn't get to see any of the odd color lightning. I wish I would have saw that. I, yeah, it was really quick. It went through here quickly too. But we didn't get the damage. You guys, you guys got. Uh, now, just, just throw it out there. Have either one of you guys watched the History Channel show, The Crumbling of America? Not me. Okay, basically. No. A guy goes around and basically says, okay, well, the St. Louis plumbing system's about to go, and that's going to cost them about uh, $20 billion, and if they don't fix it, uh, maybe a, a, like 100,000 people could die in a day because they all get typhoid or something like that. I mean, it's like it's, they did this special about the northern suburbs of the city of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Everyone thinks, oh, they're all high pollutant and all. It's un- their electrical grid, is it, there is more blackouts in the northern suburbs of the city of Chicago than there are, like, in third-world countries, Coach. Interesting. Barrington has more percentage out, out outings than, like, uh, Iraq, someplace in Iraq. It's just absolutely, you would never think that Barrington or Palatine, you know, these cities have issues with electricity. So, yeah, a storm like that, I'm not surprised at all that the northern suburbs got hit so hard and it hasn't come back. It's like, it's like, it's like known around the country. The northern suburbs of Chicago are like. Well, I, can, I can speak to that because I live in the northern suburbs and our electricity goes out pretty much on a regular basis. Uh-huh. So, uh, 
I mean, you got the highest rate in the in the country is northern yep. suburbs of Chicago. Beautiful. Thank you very much. I will tell you, you know, you take, and it's natural. We we take electricity for granted. Yeah, but boy, when it goes out, I mean, you are there ain't nothing going on. When totally, totally debilitated from an entertainment standpoint. Well, forget about the entertainment standpoint. You lose it for a day, it's an inconvenience. Yep. So especially like, hey, boy, I got the generator going. What if it doesn't come back on in a week? Mm-hmm. That Dave's generator ain't going to be working a, a week from now. Okay, and th- there's a lot of issues because people die when you don't have electricity. You know, there there's can be serious, serious issues. So uh, one of the major things that the state of Illinois has to do is correct great the the what do you call it the grid problems that are up in the northern, northern suburbs. Can you imagine me without electricity for a month, Coach? I can't I mean, imagine you without electricity for six hours. They're like people are like that will never happen. It'll never happen. The people who are saying that will never happen, we're saying that the you know the housing bubble wasn't ever going to burst. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Really? Oh, you know the stock market's fine. I mean that's it's actually a major issue. And so that there's it, actually some people look at it as a blessing because I've I've talked to people in the energy business and they're like this could be a way that the northern part of Illinois could actually be the leader in just turning the whole grid towards a green grid and, and getting off of the, because the, that, that might be what you guys have to do up there. Yeah. Do you see, go to your local meetings, coach, your uh, CT, I mean, your, uh, like your, your no, local city meetings? I do not. Okay. I was just wondering if they talk about it. Now, Dave Olson, you seem like a guy that would go to the, the local meeting. Yeah, no, I do pay attention to it. And I actually do try to go from time to time because like, it's, <clears throat> it's a very interesting, interesting situation with my community government. Uh, you know, they, it's like the mayor versus the city council. He uh-huh. does something, and the council overturns it. The council does something, and he overturns it, and it just goes back and forth and back and forth. But I'm in Please the same I, I'm in the same boat as the coach with the power outages. I mean, it happens all the time. That's when I went out and I, you know, I I got a I got a big generator, and no, you know, you fill the thing it up, it'll go eight to ten hours when it's full. Have Have the people of Park Ridge talked about like? Trying to do something about the the energy grid and maybe like looking for alternative energy. Well, well they well they had that thing down in Springfield two weeks okay. ago where they wanted to you know they said well we want to update to the smart grid but it's going to raise rates and oh no you can't do that. I would I would have no I would have no problem paying a little bit extra a month to get that smart grid built. No problem at all. The same people that think drinking Diet Coke is healthy. You know what I mean? Oh, I don't want to pay ten dollars more a month. Oh yeah, you then don't complain when your electricity is down for a month. I mean. People don't get it. They spend ten dollars more now a month. Twenty years from now, they're only spending ten dollars more instead of five hundred dollars more. Without getting too much into the detailed specificity, what exactly does the smart grid do? Electrical expert uh, Joe Radwanski. Well, do you know that right now the whole our the whole entire United States grid is interconnected? So there there is a possibility that just say if the Northeast grid goes down, the Midwestern grid can go down. Okay, they are connected. Uh, this and it's all based on like fossil fuels, coach. You can you have other alternative fuels in there. The basic this was this would be all renewable energy type sources. Okay. Okay, and it's the if I don't know if I'm right about this though, David, but it's individual grids, so they're not all interconnected. And if they are, if one goes out, it won't make the other one go out. Interesting. No, exactly, and they'll be able to tell determine exactly where the outages are. That, well, that would definitely help, especially in the northern suburbs. You know, when you don't know where exactly where it went out, and now all of a sudden you have to figure out 
in a like approximately a thousand square mile area. I don't know, it's like you know, like fifty by fifty mile, like where which where exactly it went out. Mm-hmm. That can cause it to like last a lot longer. Well, exactly, and a lot of it is they got to they, they got to they're depending on like their consumers who reported. Yeah, we got a down line in our yard. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Yeah. And it, and it's like, you know, last night of course I called. I wanted to report my power outage. You can't get through. So what do you do then? You know, it's like you're stuck. Yeah, you got people calling up. Yeah, the electricity's out. Yeah, why don't you let the guy who knows where the down power line is get through with his phone call? They, everybody knows your power's out. <laughs> okay, so that's a good point. It's, it's the same person calling, complaining that the power is out, is also upset that it's going to cost him $10 more a month for more efficient energy. <laughs> and while he's on hold, he's drinking a Diet Coke, I guarantee. We got to find those people and we need to rid ourselves of them, Big Dog. Yes, Coach. Uh, only a couple of minutes left, Big Dog. Uh, 888-463-6748. If you want to check in, love to hear from you. Two guys in a mic. We'll be back at you tomorrow. Our NFL, I'm sorry, NBA draft preview show. But speaking of the NFL, the NFL did uh, hold some talks in Rosemont, Illinois, only about a half an hour from where you live, Big Dog. And uh, it appears, it appears there will be football in 2011. Uh, meetings in Boston today, but it looks like they're on the cusp of somehow or other settling this strike. I've never been worried about it, Coach. That's why I'm not, like, getting overjoyed. See, the the training camp is even going to start on time. I never was ever worried about it. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel like they're any closer now than they were a week ago. I think they're taking their sweet time, and they were going to get a deal. And this one really does make a lot of sense, Coach. It really does make a lot of sense. One one thing I would like to see, uh, and, and, and again, we purposely stayed away from it, you know, millionaires talking to millionaires, billionaires talking to billionaires, let them settle it. But one thing I would like to see is to limit, limit the amount of money that rookies, first-year players, without even playing a game in the NFL, somehow find a way to limit these huge contracts. There's going to be a rookie wage scale. Good. So basically – there's you don't you don't have guys that have been in the NFL for like six years who are good quality like strong side linebackers don't yep. get a lot of sacks don't make a lot of tackles but help the team and deserve a million a year yep. they don't get cut because you have to pay a rookie that's never played a down yes three million a year that so would be one that's the one thing I could see that needs to be changed and it sounds like it's going to be for the better that will help the level of play in the NFL because I can't tell you it'll help the locker room too. And those mid-level players that were getting cut because you couldn't afford them, mm-hmm. they bring the level of football up on your on your team. Yeah, so I'm I'm really happy about that. Now, here's I'm not sure how it goes, coach, but according to this, there's going to be less revenue sharing. Okay, so and there's going to be more. Of, this is between the owners, but this is important. And there's going to be more, and you have to have. Uh, it's going to be a higher minimum salary for each team. So basically, let's just say that the Jacksonville Jaguars come out and they have. They blah blah. They say the seller caps 120 million. Okay, mm-hmm. you have to spend. They don't have a specific number, but they say it's going to be close to 100 percent, which means just say they have to spend 110 million dollars on player salary. If all those guys are under contract for just say like 90 million, they're going to have to just take 20 million dollars and distribute it between the players that are on the team equally. Isn't that? Have you ever heard anything like that? No, but at, at least in theory, it sounds good. Okay, well, okay, yeah, you in theory. But think about this. So now the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to have less money shared between the teams, okay? And now they're going to be forced to pay more out. I, I swear to you, for every single team around the league, it totally makes sense, except for Jacksonville. They're trying to force Jacksonville to move to Los Angeles, Coach. That's what they're doing. I'm not kidding. Jacksonville is up in arms over this. They're one of the – there's only a couple 
those really small market NFL franchises are freaking out over this. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I, I think that what they're trying to do is it makes no sense. Jacksonville can no longer have an NFL team if they actually are doing it like this because they just don't have the money for it. They're forcing the team into Los Angeles. So maybe, the, maybe the whole reason for the strike is an undercover way to get rid of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes. You think I'm crazy, Coach? Yes. No, I'm not. <laughs> and that particular theory, I sort of think so. No, I didn't say the whole strike was for that. But okay. this deal, there's, I'm, if the deal is what they said that is, uh, you have to give so much money to the players for your, for your salary, mm-hmm. and there's less revenue sharing, Jacksonville's done. There's no way they can play. They, they could barely make their payroll last year. They, they, there might be 31 teams in the NFL by the end of the season. Uh, speaking of done, unfortunately, our show is done. Big Dog, we did not get to the CONCACAF Cup of the United States plays it against Panama tonight. We didn't get to Wimbledon tennis where Serena Williams is back from some rather serious injuries. So we'll uh, report on those stories. But uh, you go have a good Reuben sandwich at Paulie's Big Dog. And please, along with our NBA expertise tomorrow, I want to hear how that Reuben sandwich was. Sounds good, Coach. Yeah, go find a job, will you please? I shall. If you, if, use me as a reference. If you say so. <laughs> All right, have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening. Two guys at a mic, talkzone.com. Back at you tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Don't be late. See you tomorrow.